Welcome to the Mother of All Movement podcast with me, Catherine Meadows. I'm a Pilates teacher specializing in postnatal recovery and a mum to two kids myself. The aim of this podcast is to inspire and educate through chats with women who are either working through their own movement journey or work to help women get stronger and recover both physically and mentally after having kids. I want to talk about what they do, how they integrate it into their family lives and essentially why. Because I believe when we share our stories and our values, we lift each other up, enabling every mother to fulfill her body's potential, gain confidence in her power and give our families the best version of us to share their lives with. So join me each week to hear these wonderful women talk about their journey. Hi Movement fans, I wanted to let you know about a fantastic offer Clio has given to listeners of this podcast on the new And Breathe food delivery service. We will talk about it some more, but just that you have the details now, Clio is giving £25 off your first box with the code MOVE25, so M-O-V-E-2-5. Uh, you just need to go to their website, which is andbreathewellbeing.com. So all one word and and in the normal A-N-D. And just remember to put the E on the end of breathe. So andbreathewellbeing.com. And in the at home section, you'll find the parent food link right there. So you maybe you could even gift a week of nourishment to a new mum you know. So which would be an amazing gift for anybody to receive. So go ahead, take a look at the website, find out all of the information and listen to what Cleo has to say about why she set it up and what our, what her mission is behind the parent food idea. Welcome to the Mother of All Movement podcast, everyone. And this week we are in the company of Cleo Wood, founder of And Breathe Postnatal Retreats, which are an, an award-winning family retreats hosted in France, Morocco, Portugal, USA, basically everywhere you would want to go to get away for a gorgeous week. And Cleo is also mum to five-year-old Delphi. Um, she's written openly about her experience of life after having a baby, postnatal sex, menopause, and I really wanted to to chat to Cleo about um, her retreats and why she set them up and um, the various experiences which I'm sure help um, to bring a lot more texture to the way she hosts uh, women on the retreats that she does. So Cleo, thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, so I know that you have your house in France and I think also in England as well. So where are you, where are you today? France, England? Uh, England. England. You're in England. Yeah, yeah just midair um, on the English channel. No, uh, so yeah, so we're, I'm in London at the moment working from my kitchen table, the glamour. As all uh, good mums do, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is where I get done. And it's close to the kettle for coffee. Oh, very important. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you you have a house in France, is that right? That's where you host some of the retreats. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of part of the reason that um, you know Ambreeze was able to come to life so quickly. Really, uh, obviously, I have had a pretty. Uh, tough entry to motherhood I kind of you know I had quite traumatic birth had postnatal depression we had trouble breastfeeding you know I really struggled with my identity and so on and and all, and all of those things and feelings that came to the surface there um, were the reason that I started and breathe and, and was looking for somewhere to, to kind of go to rehabilitate rest and recuperate relax you know come to terms with my new identity but it wouldn't have happened quite so quickly had we not been lucky enough to have a house in France um mm. the gorgeous um 
even if I do say so myself. Oh, um, it's stunning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a lovely manor house. We've got lots of lands. There's a pool, um, you know, and, and we've created a studio in, in an adjoining cottage. And so it's really a lovely kind of peaceful place to be. And so because we had that, I was able to just go, do you know what? Let's, let's give it a go. Let's see if it works. Let's, let's try this kind of postnatal retreat concept and see how it goes. And obviously, luckily for me, um, people seem to respond to it really well. Um, and there's obviously a need for kind of fourth trimester support out there. Yeah. Um, and, and people were kind of very much in agreement around, I guess, you know, that whole emphasis on self-care. I, I certainly found when I was a new mum that there was so much out there for mums and babies and but the but the focus was on the baby like all your baby massage classes you know your your singing classes your like you know toddler gyms all of that that's that's very much focused on the child but there wasn't that much out there that was focusing on me and how I felt and getting back to my strength and rehabilitating so mm-hmm that was that was always the idea um around it was to kind of focus on the parents rather than the little ones i mean obviously the little ones we love and we do have childcare but the, but the but the focus of the activities is really on the parents and so were you wanted to create something that you had needed and that that's a lot of the way a lot of people start mm-hmm. these sorts of businesses basically yeah. <laughs> isn't it they're kind of like i really needed whatever it is, a group, a magazine, a, yeah. this product yeah. or something like that. I couldn't find it and made it myself. So yeah. was that? I, yeah, absolutely. I, so I had always been quite into keeping fit and active. Um, and so I kind of knew about, you know, all of these other fitness retreats and things like that. And mm. so I was doing a lot of research and I just couldn't find one where I could take my own daughter along yeah. and, also that I could bring my husband to as well um, because he was desperate actually to spend more time with her and I I was desperate to have a break from her but not be too far from her (laughs) Um, so I you know that was that was where the idea came from there are there were a few other sort of quite uh, I guess more spiritual kind of holistic retreats um, where you would go and bring your baby as well but it was only mom and baby you know the the dads weren't part of that at all and and obviously where I'm coming from is a bit more kind of functional fitness focused you know rebuilding your strength rehabilitating your core your pelvic floor and just doing things in a really kind of realistic and sustainable way so tying that in with you know, healthy food, but stuff that you can re, you know, cook yourself at home rather than going somewhere where, you know, you might escape for three, four days and, and feel lovely and zen afterwards, but actually you get home and it's all, you know, it all kicks off again. So yeah. I wanted to be able to give people the tools to, to recreate this at home and kind of, you know, kickstart a new lifestyle really. And, and a point of, and a point of view you know feel comfortable in in where you are in your new identity and and you know have the support and the tools to do that yes and so uh and so what tell us a little bit more about life sort of pre five years ago and what you were up to and then (laughs) (laughs) and then what was your experience of sort of pregnancy and onwards yeah so I think it's a really interesting one actually because I've been talking a lot about this recently about how your pregnancy experience and your pre-pregnancy experience actually impacts your postnatal experience as well Mm -hmm. and I I mean it sounds like a really obvious thing to say but I think quite often you don't see the threads that follow through follow through those two two different periods until much later Uh, yes the hindsight hindsight, you're suddenly like yeah yeah why that happened now yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I dealt with that traumatic situation or that shit that was in my head beforehand. But yeah, you know what I always really find is that uh, you don't need to until you have kids, and then having kids mm. makes you go, "You got to deal with this stuff right now, otherwise yeah. all of this stuff is going to happen." And you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to face up for my life things, <laughs> demons." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was, so I, I, my 
first career, as it were, was a headhunter. Um, so I did executive search, um, which was completely different, obviously, to what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I left that to uh, start my own interior design and upcycling label. Mm. And that was when we bought France um, and is a kind of canvas, really, for my work. And also with the view to kind of doing a little bit of the hospitality, so renting it as a holiday let and uh you know wedding venue and retreat venue and things like that so it felt at times like I was kind of going a little bit you know off the path um but I think had I not done all of those different things I wouldn't have ended up where I am now um but you know all of those things add up to being I guess quite independent quite Mm. active as I say you know I I loved going to the gym I've done a few marathons you know it's um that was all kind of a really integral part of my life and then so I actually quite struggled in pregnancy to kind of come to the terms with the fact that my body wasn't you know doing what I wanted it to do and you know I, I, I had to kind of rein back a little bit um and you know still keeping active but actually I kind of didn't really realize how sick I would feel and and you know how much I would resent being you know my body being taken over by something else um and that then I think played into you know the type of birth I had I wasn't really ready for it I didn't address it I tried to ignore being pregnant and didn't really address the kind of whole birth issue and then that kind of plays into your birth experience and then you know led to postnatal depression and you know all of the all of the ramifications of that as well so yeah I really really struggled actually mm-hmm. um, and when I started talking about it I found that actually a lot of other people had too but you know social media that are our, our social media age being what it is you know obviously everyone else is putting out you know perfect kids you know beautiful baby pictures you know super clean house like I'm dressing lovely and and, you know I've got my beautiful bugaboo buggy and yeah (laughs) and it just kind of makes you feel quite isolated I think you know there's a brilliant there's much more now honesty on social media and and I think that was a real movement around the time that I was having Delphi Mm. um because before that I think it was all quite you know, aspirational, I guess. Um, and, th- and that obviously is still out there, but it's nice to see that people are being much more honest as well about, about, you know, motherhood and parenthood and real life. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, my, so my kids are nine and seven. And so mm. I think by the time my youngest was born, Instagram was around, but I mean, I'm, I'm not an early adopter, so I wasn't on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's that thing with the photos? Not sure about that. Yeah, it's never going to stick around. Oh, wait, I was wrong. <laughs> um, but the difference that having some, some, I mean, saying support sounds a bit ridiculous when it's kind of just through your phone with people that you don't know, but having other people talking about experience that I, experiences that I was having in Mm. that postnatal period just seeing other people saying man this shit is hard or oh god I'm really struggling today but yesterday was fine and amazing and then now today it's not and or I don't know how I can keep going like this or something like that you know I'm so tired I'm you know blah 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 having yeah. that right at the you know you in those times when you really you it would have made a yeah. massive difference so I you know yeah you're right that honesty that is being spoken with now it just must be it is so refreshing to see and it gives people much yeah. wider scope with the different language that people use around being a parent now yeah just us all having to be grateful and it's all yeah. right. everybody's alive and you know thank goodness the baby <laughs> survived and you're like yeah but I'm like split in half and things yeah um, and I hate it yeah um so so yeah I think I think the honesty makes a massive difference which is is a wonderful thing and so do you feel like that some of your your reaction to your experience was due to the like the disparity that you had between what you thought it would be like and the actual reality 
Yeah, definitely. Because I, I remember just being really, really angry because I was like, no one told me what it was going to be like. Mm. No one told me this shit. Mm. And, you know, just not understanding why there wasn't the support or, you know, just not knowing where to turn. And, you know, I think it was compounded by the fact that actually I had, um, uh, and I've, and I've written about this, um, a, a few times, but, you know, I, ha I had real issues with sex postnatally because I, as it turned out, had a hypertonic pelvic floor, which is, you know, obviously too tight, not, not flexible enough. And also coupled with some quite bad scarring, which wasn't, you know, which was overly sensitive. Um, and when I asked for help to deal with that, I, I did feel like I got sent around the houses um, quite a lot when I had um, issues with uh, sex postnatally and my pelvic floor, which was, as it turned out, hypertonic, um, that, you know, I, I turned to my GP and basically didn't get the right support or the right information. I didn't get sent to the right person to kind yeah. of help me deal with it. And that makes you kind of lose your trust a little bit. And so I can understand mm. why, you know, there's, there's lots of women out there who are kind of struggling, but they don't know what it is. They don't know how to figure out what the problem is. They don't have the right support from the, the NHS. And that is your first port of call. So, you know, who else are you going to ask? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Really hard to figure that out when the information is not freely available. Yes, absolutely. I mean, my experience, I went to the GP probably a year and a bit after having my son and uh, said I've, my abdominal separation is still there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, what, what can we do about it? And the GP sat in her seat and laughed and said, <laughs> don't worry about that. I've still got a, an abdominal separation 20 years later. <laughs> it's all fine. Although I am oh. about to have an emergency operation for a hernia. I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hang on. Eh? And then she was like, oh, I'll send you to have a scan done. But ha, 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 don't worry about it. They won't do any, any surgery. They don't do surgery on um, uh, abdominal separation anyway. So, of course, I felt like I'd been really silly going in. Yeah. And then my experience, you know, I had been sort of belittled. And also, yeah. I, was, I then got my hackles up because I was like, hang yeah. on a second. My back is yeah. hurting. My pelvic floor isn't working well. I feel rubbish about myself because I basically yeah. still look five months pregnant. Yeah. And people are kind of asking, oh, another baby so soon and things like yeah. that. <laughs> And, like, <laughs> yeah, like a chance would be a fine thing. Um, and, um, you know, and then, and so she's kind of really reduced my series, but then I, but then I've got my hackles up as well. So then already I'm like, yeah, you, you know, going in for the scan and I'm like being a, a, overly a, assertive when I don't really need to be. I was trying to find support. Mm. So I didn't want to have a fight <laughs> with them. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, you know, that's, that's not the only time I've heard that from clients. I've heard different yeah. things with GPs like, well, you've had, you've had two babies. What do you expect? Yeah. And I think that that's really damaging. It's that whole conversation around, you know, the, uh, the non-believing of women's pain mm. and, you know, health issues, because I, you know, when, when someone tells you it's not a problem and that person is in a position that you respect and, that, yeah. you know, a position of authority, then, you know, what, what are you supposed to do? Mm. Um, you know, you feel silly, so you don't pursue it. I mean, I'm, was lucky really to have found, um, Amanda Savage, who's, who's, she's now our women's health physio, like our resident specialist at Anne Breathe. Yeah. Um, and I met her about a year into this postnatal journey. And I, she literally blew my mind, like with the amount of just really obvious, but obviously deeply scientific information that she was telling me. And I, I was kind of like, my mouth was hanging open and she was like, mm, I can see by your face that no one's mentioned any of this to you before. And I was like, 
no but it's so bloody obvious now that you're telling me like why has no one offered me this information or support before and I just was astounded that you know it, it had got to you know 12 months postnatal for me to be receiving any of this information and actually when I had been to the GP you know at six weeks at 12 weeks and you know trying to kind of get help for for what I was going through and you know they kept swabbing me for infections I got sent to the gynecologist I had an internal ultrasounds well I mean and and to be honest I just found that really shocking that you know I, I had an issue internally in my vagina and no one thought oh okay well maybe we should actually you know touch it and see if the scars are okay and you know examine what the muscles are doing down there um it was all quite arm's length and i think that's how a lot of the conversation around women's health goes sadly um so i'm definitely you know i i hope that with a lot of what and breathe is doing and and you know conversations with people like you and and other people within the community that 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 will change but it's a it's a tough one it's a really like it's a hard battle to fight i think and i think also you're asking women who are in a an absolutely utterly different state of being a new phase of their life beyond anything else they're you know dealing with um, some they could be dealing with some mental health health issues, some anxiety, depression, all of these things. The the physical experiences they're going through make all of those worse as well. That yeah. we know both of those are tied together. And you're yeah. asking those women who are also having to work out how to bring along a little baby to either the GP surgery or to the ultrasound clinic or to yeah. this thing or that thing or something like that, and trying to work out all of that. You're asking them to advocate for themselves rather than going to the GP and going, I'm experiencing this, please do the best for me, please do um, everything, you know, the simplest thing or the first port of call being right or something and, and yeah. then, then having to go, no, this isn't right and having to sort of fight their corner when actually they should be looking after themselves and looking after yeah. their baby and it's just quite hard to advocate for yourself when you're in that space as well because yeah. you aren't sure of what you're doing and you don't quite you know you know you've never been in that physical situation before if you're you know if you're certainly if you're a first time mom and, and you don't know what to expect and you don't know what is right so you just believe what you're told um you take the path of least resistance don't you and it's yeah. only when it gets really bad that you then actually start to to kind of rail against it and and it shouldn't really get to that stage i don't yeah. think no no, exactly. Uh, yeah, the you having to sort of fight should not be the way that you get the yeah. treatment that you need. It <laughs> yeah. just seems, seems sort of absolutely the wrong way around. So um, how did you manage um, the sort of the, also the feelings that you were having at the same time about, mm. you know, having painful sex and not yes. getting the treatment that you needed and being per pushed around from sort of pillar to post and all of the different yeah. tests and stuff like that, that, that can be quite anxiety-inducing or whatever to be brutally honest it was awful um you know it it really had an impact on my own mental health I as I say I, I, I had postnatal depression although I didn't really kind of follow it up at the time I just sort of soldiered on and mm. you know actually I know that I kind of have had kind of depressive tendencies I suppose over the years and so it was it was a kind of continuation of that but all of all of that adds up to really impact your relationship as well and you start fighting with the person that's there to help you and and you you know the with the person really that you know one of the people that you love the most and that you know you're you're kind of flailing around and hitting out at your safety net which is yeah. makes things even harder um and you know as a as your relationship then starts to crumble you know it, it, it's a bit of a vicious circle you you argue more you feel worse you, your problems don't get solved like yeah. it's it's a real um maelstrom of of awfulness um and we certainly you know we're, Bryn and I are very honest about 
the fact that we've you know we've done quite a lot of couples therapy now and you know we've each seen therapists at various times and and you know have have done a lot of work on ourselves but it doesn't make it any easier like it, it is very much a kind of work in progress we're we're very happy now but there have been times over the past five years where you know we were talking about divorce we hated each other like it was really not pretty um and you know that the statistics are that actually you know the first year after the baby's born is actually a really prime time for um divorce to to happen and i'm really not surprised because it's awful (laughs) yeah yeah because you get that lack of um physical connection that might have been really important to your relationship before for some people the physical the, the real intimacy physically is not necessarily you know yeah. one of their one of their love languages or one of their ways of yeah. expressing their love to each other um yeah. but for, but for some people that's really important and then yeah. you know we don't have the ability to navigate that very well because we don't talk openly about yeah. that and so when a baby comes in between with you know breastfeeding uh if 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 the um, mother is is lucky enough to be able to breastfeed for some time then you know you do feel a little bit like well this baby has my body actually yeah not yeah i found it very hard to go from you know being sort of clawed all over by the baby um breastfeeding and all of that 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 took and then thinking okay now i've got to turn around and sort of these boobs are, are there for like fun stuff and, yeah. Yeah. and you're thinking that's literally the least fun I want to have is with this stuff right now so you know how do I turn that around yeah absolutely it's such a fine line to tread you're supposed to be kind of you know the the mother and the kind of sexual being are two very different characters I guess that that women inhabit and you know I certainly was very uncomfortable with the way that they you know I couldn't make them I couldn't they didn't sit alongside each other very comfortably for me and I think a lot of people are like that and it takes a long time for you to come to terms with that kind of duality and that you Mm. know the, the kind of newness of those two different things in your in your life um plus you have a load of like you know you, you're probably going to have a load of body issues you know just in terms of coming coming becoming more comfortable with how you feel about yourself and any changes and you know they take a long time to 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 get to grips with and and that's only normal it's quite a big change for most of us um so yeah it's a it's a really tricky one <laughs> mm. and so what so what helped you through was having some therapy and yeah. then learning between you your health your, 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 yeah, your own self so. and you and your husband how to talk yeah and... I mean it's that old chestnut communication really communication yeah. and time um physio and therapy um mm. that it's 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 all of those different things coming together and, and it will be and it'll look different for for everyone you know the combination of of um what you need will be different for everyone um and you know the the kind of different amounts of each one as it were which is you know your particular recipe um and I just think you know admitting and acknowledging that there was an issue and that it needed to be solved was definitely the first step um because before that I was kind of in denial I was I was angry with myself I felt really guilty and angry with myself because I was like why isn't this working why is my body not doing what I wanted to do you know I felt terrible because you know I you know I I wasn't happy with myself like and I felt like my body was letting me down um and you know I couldn't see a way to fix that I wasn't getting the help that I needed to fix that and then I felt guilty because you know I thought oh well you, you know, this is impacting our relationship and our sex life. And it's, it's a whole big jumble of stuff. And until you start to unpick it yeah. and kind of be open about it, it's really hard to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and, and so, so I would say, I would definitely say that that first step is actually, you know, sitting down and talking about it and, and it can be really uncomfortable. I'm, you know, I've always been quite open and honest about these things. And, and my husband is a big communicator as well. <laughs> But I know that for a lot of people, it will be quite uncomfortable to have that conversation. And, you know, I get that. But it's really, really important that you do. Um, yeah. Because you're not going to solve it otherwise. 
Well, no, exactly. If you're, um, yeah, and sometimes those really icky, uncomfortable, prickly conversations, it sort of relieves the pressure off both parties while you're um, sitting there thinking, God, I don't know, do, do I say something? Do I not? I don't want to hurt yeah, her feelings, absolutely. his feelings. And... and look, the thing is, the more that you talk about it, the easier it gets. Yeah. And the chances are he wants to talk about it too, or yes. whoever it is. Yeah. Too, but you you know you're both kind of skirting around the subject being like oh you know i'm gonna keep it to myself like yeah. you know it'll solve it'll solve itself eventually all of that and you know that's not that's not the case so since because i know you've written a few articles about this what has mm-hmm. been the response that you've got from other people when you have talked about it in a much more global sort of way yeah. rather it's... than just amongst friends or on yeah. the streets and things like that it's been amazing actually i've been blown away by the response really because i i i knew i i got the sense and obviously you know talking anecdotally to people and with people on our retreats and and so on it's you know you you do understand that actually there is that need out there to talk about it but until you actually take the first step it's quite hard to uh you know you don't actually get that feedback until you put it out there yeah um but yeah it's been incredible actually to to kind of see some of the comments underneath the articles that I've written um, and you know 95% of them really supportive and that's you know quite a high percentage really for yeah. for an article um, these days because you know you obviously get the, the usual trolls and so on who mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. willingly uh, misread what you're trying to do mm. um, and and that's fine you know that kind of goes with the territory I suppose but and I, I guess for me it, I feel like it's worth it because if I can help some people if I can help at least one person then it's worth you know the 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 ignorant comment that I might get underneath that's that's misunderstood actually what I'm what I'm out there trying to do um so yeah it's been really positive in that sense and and I think you know there's people going you know no one's talking about this and if I can if I can and and make someone feel less alone and, and kind of point them in the right direction for for help that's a that's a really you know powerful thing for me yeah yes absolutely like signposting people and saying there is help out there this is how you get it or this is where you go or this is what I did maybe you could find a similar thing in your area or something like that and and just there's that whole conversation isn't there around you you know you referred back to earlier like your your GP going well this is how it is now you've had a baby yeah like you know I think a lot of people do feel like that about their bodies or their sex lives or yeah what their pelvic floor is like afterwards and you know yeah okay you've had a baby it might be might be common at the beginning but it doesn't mean you have to you know it can be fixed uh it's a journey it's a it's a continuum you know like it's it's something that you can always work on um and it doesn't have to be like that but i think people sort of assume it does yeah Um, so yeah so it's about i guess raising awareness in in that sense but you know, I'm, I guess the thing that I find really tricky is that, you know, I'm only one person um, and Breathe only runs so many retreats a year. You know, we can only put out so much content and, and I would love that conversation to get bigger. And it is, it is, you know, there's more and more people joining in and, and, there, and there is that kind of help and support and signposting out there now. But mm. I would love it to be not just a groundswell thing. You know, I would love yeah. it to be more kind of embedded, really. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think um, the conversations that I've had with some women's health physios and when um, the group were trying to help change this six-week postnatal checkup to involve much more of a physical checkup and Mm. potentially, hopefully, involve women's health physios, that would make a huge difference because then you would have somebody who was dedicated to sit there and listen to you going, I have no idea what's going on down there. Yeah. Or every time I pee, I'm absolutely terrified that it's, you know, or, Oh God, I haven't had a poo yet. Or, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. And, and, and somebody rather than sort of checking in of those very important questions about your mental health, which is what the GP is there for. And, yeah. um, you know, a couple of things and asking you about your contraception, which always makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, and, you know, somebody actually physically being there for you would just make all the difference. Yeah. It? For, for somebody, for you just yeah. to be able to go, is this normal? 
what's that what's that yeah <laughs> absolutely and and to, to you know to, to actually like have a look at your abs or in turn in internally yeah. exactly or whatever it might be whatever the issues are that you have yeah um you know uh, the the six-week check is obviously focused much more on the baby and i you know you don't get a chance in that 10 minutes to cover everything that you need to i mean i get that they have to you know make sure the baby's alive that's obviously very important too yeah. um but you know what about you um, yeah yeah hi movement fans sorry to interrupt your listening today i hope you're enjoying the episode if you are, I would love it if you could leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts right now. If you're on your mobile on the app, click on the icon with this podcast image, scroll right to the bottom where you see the ratings and reviews section, and tap the number of stars you want to give. <clears throat> My suggestion would be five. And then click the write a review link at the bottom. It literally takes one minute and makes a huge difference in how iTunes shows this podcast to others who are searching amongst all the thousands of brilliant shows that there are out there. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast and taking the time to review. It really does mean the world to me and I am hugely grateful. Okay, let's get on with the show. So at the same time as you were experiencing all of this stuff, you decided that starting a new business was going to be a really good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> um, what, uh, so, so like we mentioned a little bit before about the fact that you started Ambreeze because it was something that you were looking for personally yeah. and as a family and you yeah. wanted to provide that that gap that that thing that you you couldn't find and so so how did how did that go like how did setting up to begin with and how did the concept go and and also do you, did you have um did you have some values about what you really what Anbreeze was going to stand for that um that you, you yes yeah, it's, see it's all interesting the way I think yeah I so I very much have just sort of got on with it um and I think you know we've changed a lot in the time that we started you know since we started till now we you know our, our retreats have evolved and we're much more kind of professional I guess about the way that we host people and and the kind of net that we provide um and you know and then the holiday that we provide really um and so it is, it's evolved kind of naturally. I, I, I sort of threw it out there and thought, okay, well, this is what I would want. Let's see how that goes. And, and we can kind of tweak it from there. And, and I guess if I were doing it again, I might do it differently. But I guess that's, you know, again, that's a hindsight thing. You can only... You, you learn that when it, when when you're kind of way past the point. Um, and so... I, the, I guess really the only thing that I knew I wanted was, was to be able to provide people with, you know, to focus on self-care for, for parents. And that was really the key for me was around that support for the parents rather than, you know, it's a baby holiday, sure, but it's, you know, it's, it's first and foremost focused on the parents and that's that was really key that's the thread that runs through everything you know from the fitness to the food to the mental health stuff it's all about looking after you because if you are you know it's 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 a you know it's a very kind of common perspective these days but when I was starting there was very little around taking care of the parents yeah. um and if you don't obviously take care of yourself how are you supposed to look after anyone else anyway you know it's yeah filling your cup it's it's putting your own oxygen mask on before your before your others because if you're not around if you're not in a good place how are you supposed to provide for other people yeah 
And do, do you have um, the experts that you're involved with? Do you have them there on any retreats? Because I know, so you've mentioned Amanda Savage. I know yeah. also you have a therapist, Alexandra. Yeah, Kazozi, yeah. So we don't, they don't, in general, they don't attend our retreats. We have a lot of um, lovely content that we have created with them. Yeah. Um, and that is available online for our um, guests. Um, and, you know, they are available as well to consult and so on with our guests whilst we're on retreat um, as well, which is a really nice thing because, you know, we're able to go, well, actually, this person had this question. Can, you know, what, is, is there someone that you would signpost them to for that? Um, we, we find that that works better than, packing out the house with experts because a it, it becomes quite overwhelming for people mm. I think yeah. and we are not and have never purported to be a kind of medical environment we don't want it to be a medical environment we want you to come away feeling well and give you the tools and the, and and the resources to then follow up on that if you need to they all of our experts very much shape what we're doing so you know we've we've we work with our resident happiness coach to um you know do a kind of introduction to mindfulness course that people can can look at whilst they're on the retreat and, and afterwards when they come home and then you know we've put together a few different um, meditations in conjunction with her that then we deliver whilst we're on retreat as well so you know and the same goes for kind of the content that Alex has is putting together for us you know on social media and and so on as well and obviously our nutritionist and I work together to look at the menus and recipes and so on over the course of week the week for the for the food that we provide so it's all it's about I suppose making the most of that expertise without without kind of overwhelming too much because actually the retreats are very full as well which you might not think if you're uh you know from the outside if you look at a daily timetable it doesn't feel that full mm. and when you get there actually it's it's such a kind of warm and lovely environment and there's so much to do the grounds are lovely the the the, the people that you're there on the retreat with are really important to your experience um you know there's there's food demonstrations it's mindfulness every morning and obviously the kids are there as well so actually half of the retreat is around bonding with your family and mm. kind of, you know building that relationship as well so I think to take even more time out of that would be it wouldn't feel right to me no it would feel well like you say overwhelming but also just a little bit yeah. too much for everybody they're kind of you yeah, know wanting exactly. a little bit of rest and, and needing and to I, digest yeah. what's going on as well yeah and and I think for a lot of people actually you know they, they wouldn't want to have a session with a therapist they wouldn't want no. to have uh, you know a session with a nutritionist because actually a lot of people are like oh I kind of get it like you know yeah. I just need in the right direction and if you yeah. want more than that then we can signpost to it and, and and make sure that you get the the kind of advice and support that you need but yeah it, 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 it I don't think that you know the the it's not the right environment to have all of that kind of full-on information whilst yeah. you're there yeah, yeah. um so how did starting the business as uh, affect you as a new mum and the sort of the challenges that you were having at the time did you just deal with the stuff your own <laughs> self personally or did, like yeah. how did, how so did you sort of blend them together because that's hard starting a new business yeah i think i probably ignored stuff a bit more uh, than i should have done right. yeah. <laughs> um you know looking back on it now uh i, I think yeah i should have probably you know dealt with stuff a little bit better it wasn't until kind of three four years in that I mm, yeah maybe two and a half years in that I thought actually I should really get some therapy around this um and you know so on obviously I dealt with the physical side a little bit sooner but that you know still was kind of two years really before my husband and I were were, having, were enjoying intimacy again and mm. that's a long time so mm. I think I'd be it was it was partly a tool for me to just for, for kind of, to, to kind of help me get on with it um yeah. which I wouldn't recommend obviously now yeah. that I've done it 
Mm. Um, and at the time, if you had asked me, obviously, I, I wouldn't have acknowledged that anyway. So, you know, it's it's very easy to look back on these things and go, yeah, I should have done that. But, you know, if you, you don't know at the time, I don't think no. it's very hard to, to analyse that within yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so also, apart from, I mean, you've written some lovely articles about, you know, your own personal experiences. And you also wrote a great article that I read about the menopause or approaching menopause, particularly early menopause. Um, yeah. and was that because you've started to feel the effects of perimenopause and menopause yourself or because you know it's something that isn't talked about? Yeah, it's uh, so I haven't um, yet, but I have a very good friend, Joe, who actually went through it at 37. Mm. And, and 37 is the age that I am now. So, and she's now 40, um, turns 41 this year, I think, and is so has been living with it now for kind of three and a half years. And she was very open about her journey, but actually found that no one else was. And I think she's found it really difficult because uh going through it so young a lot of the material is aimed at, at slightly older yeah. women um and also she just found that there was a real like unwillingness to talk about it more globally um and you know the the, the resources are not kind of fun they're not real they're not stuff that you can you know talk about and have a laugh with um so yeah and then also not for, uh, for somebody with a young child if that's yes, what she that's had it. yeah yeah exactly so she had an 18 month old at the time when mm. she when she first started um when she first kind of realized that that was what was happening um and so a lot of the the, the mums on our retreats are actually late 30s early 40s um and and you know the menopause is something and the perimenopause particularly the kind of precursor to to all of those things is can start in your early 40s and or you know 45 and it's very it, that that gap is actually very small you've only just come to terms with your identity as a new mother and then you're kind of thrown into this whole menopause conversation and yeah. that can be really difficult thing to deal with for a lot of people well for, for, for everyone I would imagine yeah, yeah um so it just felt like a really interesting thing for us to do and a really good thing for us to provide that support at that level as well so you know I know that a lot of the the, the mums that come on our retreat will be you know in two or three years time will be actually reaching out for all of this and the the only the, so so women over for new mothers over 40 is the only growing demographic of new, uh, new mums in the UK. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. It, All right. It's increasingly going to be the case that yes. actually, you know, women going through the menopause will also have young children. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's a really, really hard thing to juggle. I mean, mm. coupled with the fact that obviously a lot of the physical and mental challenges are the same. So you might be struggling again with like pelvic floor issues and core strength, you know, obviously your, your muscle, you, you know, you need to strengthen your muscles because a lot of the, the, the elasticity goes from them and so on. Um, and then of course there are the hormonal challenges both postnatally and through into the menopause. And, you know, obviously that whole kind of identity shift, the mental health aspect as well. So there's a lot that that is really similar in terms of like what you're dealing with with a different slant obviously but you know the 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 conversations that you need to have are 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 very um very relevant to each other so it felt like a really nice thing for us to be able to do is as a natural continuation really and so your menopause retreats are they along a similar line as the sort of more um, younger child postnatal ones yeah. or toddler or classic ones in terms of the timetable yes they are women only um yeah. uh, which i think is a really powerful thing because actually that so we we ran our first one last year and it just was so beautiful to see the kind of connection between the women that were on it and to have that really safe space they talked about absolutely everything <laughs> and everything under the sun and it was really lovely to see that because they just they clearly hadn't had that space to do that at home and they didn't yeah. have understood they hadn't felt safe to to kind of be open and honest um yeah. and that was really really 
joyful to see. Um, so that's why we've chosen to do that. I think we will at some stage, you know, should this, you know, if, if, if we get the, the, the right number of right right amount of interest i think we would love to have um you know partner comes to retreats and, and have some kind of uh you know male focused sessions se sessions as well on in terms of like the, the partner understanding what the women are going through because i think that's a really yeah. that was definitely a thread that came up a lot um but i think at the moment it's really important for us to just focus on the on the women and, and, and that support and then we can kind of grow from there if the demand is there yeah yeah absolutely i always find it really interesting when i talk to some of my clients about menopause or their experiences what they how they're starting and i would say something like have you spoken to your mum or um what what was your mother or other women in your mm. maternal side of your family what was their experience and a lot of them either say you know that sadly sometimes their mother isn't around any longer but yeah. also that Oh, my, oh, I could never have this conversation with yeah. my mom. No, <laughs> she would die instantly. Like, no way. This is just way too embarrassing. This is not what we talk about. And so, yeah. I, you know, in some way, it makes me feel a little bit like, God, I wonder whether that is the last generation who won't be able to have those conversations, won't be perfectly comfortable having conversations about she periods, <laughs> birth, and menopause. Because... I think that's one of the major things is that if you don't know that your mum had a really tough experience of menopause and the things that helped, the things that didn't and who to help, who to go for support, um, mm. then, then you're not prepared for it. So when something happens, you're thinking, what, what on earth is going on? I'm 45 and is this really it? Like what, if you don't know, then I think that that makes a real difference to what happens in your head around how you approach it. Whereas if you do know, you're like, yeah. okay, I know what this is. I'm yeah. going to seek the help from this person. My mom said that this helped because, you know, yeah. just so that everybody, like your, your own maternal side, you have a very, um, uh, very, very similar experience apparently yeah. of, of menopause, um, depending on what your mother, your aunts and things like that would have had. So. I think it's really interesting though as well, because, you know, there isn't, it, it's very much that kind of put up and shut up mentality. Yeah. Like, you know, okay, well, and, and that's, you, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that in terms of like, you know, okay, well, this is, I've had a baby and that's what happens now. And, 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 you know, I think there's similar thing can be said for the menopause as well. Okay. Well, we're going through menopause. That's what I've got to deal with now. And yeah. Okay, fine. It's, that is what your body is doing, but there are options to help deal with that, that, you know, you can make yourself stronger to kind of the physically to, to kind of deal with some of the, the impacts of, of the aging process and, and, you know, eating certain foods will help you. And, you know, it's, it's really, I think about, education I guess again and, and disseminating that knowledge again which is you know it's not talked about enough as you say and and I think you know hopefully it will become more of the norm um because you know it needs to be really doesn't it you know why shouldn't we talk about it why shouldn't we want better for ourselves yes yeah exactly why shouldn't we want better for ourselves and, <laughs> and there's god no <laughs> Um, there's a brilliant book if people want to know a little bit more about nutrition and exercise around menopause. There's a brilliant book called Raw by um, Dr. Stacey Sims, R-O-A-R, not raw as in R-A-W. Um, and she has a fantastic um, chapter all about moving through menopause. And she details this sort of scientific fact of what is happening during menopause and what your body, what the physical changes your body goes through and yeah. why therefore we need to um, train for more power. So she specifically mm. uses the word power. So often we're told, you know, um, uh, hopefully other people will recognize that we're told to um, strength train to increase yeah. muscle mass and, and yeah. that helps to decrease that. But what she actually, because she specifically deals with athletes, she's talking about producing power, our muscles stop to be, uh, uh, stop being able to produce sort of fast twitch. So for people yeah. like runners and people who enjoy doing sort of hit, hit classes and stuff like that, it's about how you, uh, how you adapt your training 
to counteract yeah. the effects of menopause. It's not, yeah. this is just the slide that is going to happen. It's okay. Now yeah. we just have to shift things around a bit, a bit, yeah. a little bit less like long, slow endurance training, a little bit more short bursts of power and strength. And that's going to make a difference and look at, you know, your different um, nutrient intake for mm -hmm. your foods, you know, look at, because your body responds in this way towards carbohydrates now, look at what happens, what you're mm -hmm. eating and your body will yeah. be able to work with you rather than against you. And it's, it's a really, yeah. um, it's a really brave and empowering way to be talking about things rather than saying, well, you're in your 60s or you're in your 50s yeah. or you're in your late 40s. I mean, really, come on, love. You, what, what do you want out of life? I'm like, well, actually, yeah, I want to live a long and happy life and not be complaining about stuff for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's a, that's a really um, positive thing to kind of reframe that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and listening to other people. And it's, again, the same thing that I think places like social media now have women talking on a wider platform about their experiences so that they can say things like, well, it's great. I've got, I don't know, uh, more greater sex life, or I've got, um, I, I'm sort of much freer to spend time on my own because I'm more comfortable in my own skin or, um, you know, I'm enjoying this, that, and the other, this state of this stage in life, rather than it being like the old wise and old lady sort of yeah. dotty old bat. Yeah. The brain fog, the, all of that. And you're yeah. thinking, Oh God, is this it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, the retreats sound, sounds such a lovely way of flipping that, those same values that you have from your postnatal into into the sort of the yeah. second that that second um major stage in life that third major stage in life yeah. um so so you've got all these um all of your amazing retreats all around the world hosting people in your france house and now you've got a variety of sort of at home programs or retreats and things like that but for those who are unable to come on a retreat or just want to get on with it right now rather than waiting but you've also just launched parent food yeah because so, uh, <laughs> you know there wasn't enough that you were doing before so so can Absolutely. you tell us a little bit more about that and I gave in the intro some information about how to get a discount um, and where to find the information about parent food and you get a great 25% off your first order with parent food so tell us a little bit more about what it is and uh, and why yeah. you want to Absolutely. do this here <laughs> so it's it's a number of things really i think you know the the key to feeling well is 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 what we put in our body and then what we do with it but i think you know when you are a time poor person um usually made worse if you've got a newborn or if you've got school age kids and you're trying to work as well um it's really hard to make the time to actually nourish yourself properly um and so what i wanted to do and, and what i've wanted to do for a while is is actually provide that nutrition in in a kind of kickstart package so that you can do a week or two or a month or whatever and then that kind of sets you on your journey and, and kind of re-educates you really as to what's possible and what your body can can you know do if it's nourished properly um so that was really where it came from parent food is a healthy meal delivery service and it provides uh five days of three meals so breakfast lunch dinner um two snacks a morning snack and an afternoon snack and teas um for five days for two people um so it's around you know that kind of team effort as well so you, both of you as parents need support it's not necessarily just you know you as a mom you know sometimes mm. the, the the father can feel forgotten about as well um obviously we we do a one person option if you you know you do want to um you know just do it as one person or you can have the two person option obviously it'll last twice as long so your quid's in there um but it is around that kind of resetting um and kind of imagining you know reimagining yourself in terms of what you're putting into your body and, and what you can achieve with that because so much of what we 
do as parents is around the kids and actually looking after yourself is is at the heart of you know obviously all of the conversation that we've just had um but you know food kind of slips down the the wayside a little bit it's really easy to just grab a sandwich for lunch and or you know and a bag of crisps to go with that or you know it's really easy to just get home and be like oh god pasta like you know it's just easy it's oh quick. definitely yeah um and you know cereal was always my thing yeah exactly and, and like well love, like love one of my clients said cereal's just the saddest <laughs> meal ever it's so easy it's sad but it's true <laughs> <laughs> i love i love that cereal um but yeah it's it's it, I, so so that, that's where it all came from and, yeah. and the idea is that it can kick start you into like new habits or you know if you need a bit of respite if you know you've got really busy few weeks yeah. coming up you know you, you buy a box you have it in the freezer it's there for when you want it you know and you don't then resort to you know grabbing a handful of biscuits from the cupboard or a chocolate bar on your way out the door you know you've got yeah. your protein bar or your nuts that are there for you to to be able to have and, and still feel good like there's so much around like fatigue and overwhelm that's actually impacted by what we're putting in our body we think it's just sleep or you know whether we've exercised or not and actually you know if you get the, the the building blocks right of what you're putting in your body then actually you know maybe you're going to sleep better and then you'll be in a better mood for your kids and then you won't feel so guilty and then you'll have time for you and mm. you know and you'll and you'll you'll have the time and the energy to actually do that exercise which again is you know which in a virtuous circle is going to make you feel better about yourself so it's a it's about giving you one of those building blocks really and 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 you know sending you off and setting you off on the right path um, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it will really help people who aren't able to come on our retreats, um, and, you know, give them a little bit of a kickstart push in the right direction. Um, and, you know, make them feel amazing. And it's, it's obviously we've, we've worked with Liz, who's our resident nutritionist to, to come up with all of the right recipes and, and balance the nutrients over the course of the week as well. And it's got everything that you will need for recovery as well. So in terms of you know rehab um postnatally and uh you know breastfeeding it gives you the right number of um calories and all of the nutrients that you need so it it isn't about starving you it's not a diet box it's it's just about you know giving you that balance and and that kind of um you know shot of health if you like <laughs> yeah absolutely and it, it just really strikes me that the your reasoning for setting it up and like you say it not being about a diet it's just it's about providing what you need as a new mum to go on with your real life is mm. the same thing as your values around your retreats is mm. this isn't about you losing weight this isn't about you being here so that you can fix yourself or become a better version of you or any of that bullshit it's about <laughs> you being here so that you can then go home and go okay i have more understanding of how to use my body how yeah. to um how to exercise in a way that's nourishing as well as effective within my family family life like yeah. i can go home and i know i can do that mini workout whilst I'm playing with my kid or or whilst they're asleep or or in the morning before my kids wake up to go to school or whatever it is you know that that it strikes me that for you that's really important for you to set up stuff for people's real life and give yeah. them a little bit of bolstering underneath like that little bit of scaffolding to just say we've got you this is how you do it like we're here to support you now here you go keep on going back into your real life I think that's a really nice way of putting it because it, 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 that is exactly how I see it. And it's, you know, look, I've always sort of thought there is absolutely no point in you going on, uh, you know, a detox or a fitness retreat or whatever mm. that is going to, you know, feed you lettuce leaves for a whole week. And yeah, okay, you then, <laughs> you know, you, you lose a stone really unhealthily and then you get home, you eat pizza for yeah. three months anyway because you're so kind of malnourished and starved so you know that isn't what we're about we're about kind of you know you finding your balance naturally and what works for you and and feeling at your best as well yeah. it, it isn't about weight loss it's about strength and you know your own comfort with your own body your own kind of ease with your own with yourself and your identity and you know physically and mentally and and that 
can take a little time, which is why we're part of the journey. We're not the kind of be all and end all, if that makes sense. Yes, part of the journey. I think that's a really nice, nice way of putting it because then sometimes I feel like some of the things people do is like, it's just like a little pause that they hit yeah. in their life and then they sort of step outside of life, go yeah. and do this one thing, step back into it and go, well, that was nice, but it's like a distant memory. <laughs> yes. I've absolutely no idea what I did or anything. Felt lovely <laughs> at the time, but oh. No, and then you feel a little bit sad, don't you? You kind of yeah. like, if, if it's something like that, that you just think, oh, that was such a lovely weekend that I did. Yeah. <sighs> and now back. <laughs> Reality <laughs> hits or, exactly. you know. Um, so, so, yeah. Okay. Um, or, all right. So last couple of questions, Kia. Hmm. Firstly, who or what inspires you? Oh, interesting. Um, so I, my daughter inspires me no. because she is, <laughs> um, she's so innocent and doesn't care what other people think, doesn't care about people judging her. And she just sort of gets on with stuff. And I really admire that in her. Um, she and she isn't afraid to kind of do her own thing and I think we should all be more mm. like that not care what other people think and and just sort of do what makes us happy um so that I think is that that's a really lovely one and she also inspires me because obviously she's kind of helped me be the person that I am now yeah. it's been a really she has forced me to kind of look at the things that you know, my issues and my background, you know, my yeah. mental health and everything. And, you know, for a while I was very, I kind of thought, uh, I thought of her as the cause, but actually she's, yeah. she's just, uh, she just surfaced it all when she yeah. was born and actually forced me to deal with it. And I think that that's a really, you know, I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And is, uh, the way that she is, um, is that the way that you would want to be a little bit more like less worried about people judging you less worried about what other people yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a very, I like to be in control and I'm not, I'm not necessarily a perfectionist, but I want stuff done my way. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> and so I think, so I think being able to let go of what, you know, and, and, and partly that is because of, you know, what I think other people are thinking about me. So being able yeah. to let go of that, is would be yeah would be the dream really <laughs> a bit more freeing in your life yeah. Yeah. yeah um okay what would you like to inspire in others uh the capacity to take care of themselves um i've they can hear about anything that we do come on a retreat attend a workshop uh you know eat eat some of our meals or read any of the articles or content that we put out or you know listen to me on a podcast or any of our like trainers or, or experts I want all of those things to just point in one direction and that is to to enable people to to take care of themselves because they matter yeah oh that's lovely because they matter you're absolutely right um yeah, because there's so there's so much focus on the child and and looking after the child and things and being able to sit there and go, do you know what? This isn't this isn't right for me. This isn't okay. I need to make this change in order for me to be healthy because I matter yeah. as my child's parent or as a human being just on, on my own um, yeah. would make a massive difference for people to be able to make those set aside those bits of time that might be needed or set aside the bits of money that might, might be needed to look after yourself or, um, yeah. you know, dedicate those, uh, you know, the free time or the free or the thought that goes into yourself rather than thinking constantly about the children. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. That's lovely. Thank you so much, Cleo. There's such a joy to speak to you because you have so much um, lovely, uh, you know, so, so much breadth on, on the sort of the experiences and, and the way you've been cognizant about your own experience and, and the sort of ups and downs of it. So thank you so much for sharing everything oh, with us today. Right. Yeah. All <laughs> wonderful. Thanks, Cleo.
So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Do remember to check out the show notes and rate and review the episode. Hop on over to Instagram as well at love underscore movement underscore Sussex to let me know what you think and any comments or feedback you have. I always love to hear from you. Join us next time to hear from a new brilliant guest.